That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman and DC podcast with no limits on this DC Fandome weekend. We have just finished recording a quick review episode of uh, the events that went down at Fandome. So if you haven't checked that out already, go and uh, check that one out and let us know what you thought of everything that we were shown. True uh, trailers, movie news, game news, all that good stuff. But uh, for tonight, let's get to this week's roundtable. We've got Grandpa Batman in Texas. Howdy. Bat Force Times in New York. The Trunkler in Chicago. Teases in New York. Beliefs. Bat Force Tom in California. Whoa. The Grumpler <laughs> in New York. Yo. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. And this week's guest is known as a founder, director, actor, screenwriter, on and on at Bat in the Sun on web series and films like Superpower Beatdown, City of Scars, Ninjak vs. the Valiant Universe, among many, many others, as well as the upcoming Batman Dying is Easy. Welcome to the show, Mr. Aaron Shunka. Hey, how's it going, guys? How you doing? Good. Hey, Thank you for taking the time to be here, man. How's life? It's good. It's good. It's always uh, busy. I'm always uh, working on some sort of project. We just got wrapped. Uh, filming Dying is Easy. Uh, it was a five-day shoot over the course of eight days, and um, it went really well. I think you guys can be real excited. We've had all kinds of cool Batman news uh, released today with everything on DC fandom and stuff, so it's a real exciting time to be uh, to be a Bat fan. Yeah, uh, did you get time today to watch any of the stuff they were dropping, or have you been? Uh, I did. I, got, I managed own? to. I managed to watch. Um, I saw the Justice League uh, Snyder cut, and I saw the uh, the the, uh, the Batman trailer as well. Mm. What are your thoughts on uh, what you saw today? Um, I, I well, I thought the Batman trailer was fantastic. Uh, I, I personally like. A dark gritty batman i've always wanted seven the movie seven and, and batman to be together yeah. i'm not a huge fan personally of um of batman being involved in like big outer space battles with time travel and all that kind of stuff it's just that's not my personal forte i mean people the, the great thing is that batman's adaptable to a lot of different styles it's just personally for me i like i want batman dealing with you know, uh, smuggling and guns and drugs and, and dealing with psychotic people. You know, that's so watching <clears throat> the Batman was really, really cool. I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, it had a very realistic vibe. So I enjoyed that more than the Snyder Cut. I'm not a huge fan, and I'm sure some people here probably love I'm not a huge fan of Batman vs. Superman or Man of Steel. Uh, I think Ben Affleck is a fantastic Batman. I just think those stories are a little... Uh, they're a little all over the place, and maybe this movie will solve a lot of those, those questions. But um, it's just... It's not my forte. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just some people like sushi. I don't like sushi. <laughs> and and it is it is Batman uh, becoming involved in those you know, more universe stories. Multiverse. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm more ex- I'm more excited from like a filmmaking standpoint because it's real interesting that how they made the movie and then had like they basically shot two movies, scrapped both of them, and then they reshot a new movie. And basically, <clears throat> so we're gonna have four hours from from Snyder, and then we're gonna have two hours from Joss Whedon. It's just like this has never happened in filmmaking yeah. ever, regardless yeah. of being superheroes. And it's like like it's just so weird that we're gonna watch a movie that we've seen that'll be a hundred percent different than what we saw and it's just gonna be like well it's like and all like the movie itself is an alternate dimension to itself even the movie deals with altered dimensions like it's like almost like when they time travel to the tim burton universe they should time travel to the joss whedon universe that's how weird it is but it's what makes it interesting though i think i'm kind of like more excited just to be like what happened here like how did this happen but it has batman and it has affleck is it so i'm i'm down you know yeah and And then the uh it shows that studios are actually listening now to the audience, you know, with social media platform and stuff like that, it's almost easier for us as the audience to communicate to the to the studios and be like, "No, this is what we want," and right? For them to respond that way, have you think, have you yeah. found um, that to be true with kind of bat in the sun as well? Um, we've always had ever since we've done we've done we've had good relationships with the studios. You know, we did the uh, we did uh, the Power Rangers on Beatdown, and then we ended up working with Saban and doing a lot of their stuff and design redesigned the Green Ranger, which is now implemented in continuity and canon across the board. If you're a Rangers fan, um, but uh, and Warner Brothers has always been a fan. You know, I've been invited down to a lot of their their projects and premieres. Never directed anything for them. I would um, I would really like that. I know some fans of. They've, they've mentioned they want to start up like a petition, like after Diamonds Easy comes out, because they're like, let's start up a petition. Because, you know, if the video, as people project, um, you know, uh, could get a couple million views, you get a couple million signatures, and then, you know, ATT would listen up. So I, I don't know, you know, Mike, that'd be cool, but it's all about the fans. And I do this, I do the Batman stuff for my own personal love for the character and stuff like that, and love for filmmaking. So it'd be cool to, to do something, you know, even if it'd be to, to direct a, a, a creeper series or, or short wow. film or anything like that. Cool. But how do you feel about the uh, suit in the in the Batman trailer? You know. So <clears throat> uh, it's the film. I, okay, so the film is not classically Batman in the sense the way that he looks. You know, it, it's which is I think after ten movies now I, I would like just one classic like oh that's our definitive Batman. I think yeah. it's sad that we got, we got our our first Ninja Turtles movies out the gun in the 90s was the most was like perfect and i was like how is it ninja turtles went one for one and we're still like zero for ten with batman you know um but i think that the costume works for the story even like like look at batman returns it's not uh not comic accurate at all but i love it for what it, it for what it is you know i can appreciate that i hate when fans get down on adaptations even though that's what i was just doing as long as the movie's good i can kind of get behind that but after a while though it's like, just can you give me what I've been reading for 30 years? And then do your Elseworlds. I'm fine with that. Like, everyone loved, you know, Joaquin's Joker, and it's great. His performance is great. I would say the greatest performance as the Joker ever, better than Heath or Jack, even though Jack is my favorite, because I grew up with it. But it's like, I would just like a definitive version, please. And then do whatever you want, you know? like, <laughs> And that's my thing with, with the, the new one. I was like, it looks cool, but it's not definitively batman you know i felt yeah. that ben was pretty close and that's what we're, we're doing we're trying to do with dying is easy you know uh so we'll see but I, I think it'll be i'm excited i'm way more excited for that than i have been for any batman movie in a long time speaking that's of suits, what i was excited whenever 
it was revealed for the dying is easy. Go ahead, Tom. I was saying, speaking of suits, man, you're, the suit that you revealed um, that uh, Reeve put together uh, mm-hmm. looks fucking incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How did that all come together, that specific um, suit? Well, I've been working with Reeves for, God, 10, 12 years, and uh, he's, he's, he's as big of a Batman fan as I am. We always will kind of jest back and forth who's a bigger Batman fan. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll He's a super Keaton fan, too. He's a big Keaton fan, and I love. I always, oh, yeah. I always tell him, I go, "You're a bigger '89 fan, even though I'm a huge '89 fan. I'm planning on, on I want to buy the '89 uh, Batmobile." Um, but uh, um, he is a bigger '89 Batman fan. But I would, I always say, I think I'm a bigger Batman fan. Mm. But we go back and forth. That's not to discredit him in any way. He's wonderful and he's a huge Batman fan. But like, <laughs> I love the comic books and read. I love Batman psychology. That's like my favorite thing. That's why I like the what it is. But with the costume, though. Um, you know, I, I kind of told him what I wanted. I wanted, you know, I, I said, we got to have armor, a little armor on the outside, but not too armory because it, it can get, you know, and you want to keep so it's organic. So Batman still looks like a demon, you know, but while he still looks, you know, not sometimes when you adapt to comics, a hundred percent, it can look a little silly. Like, you know, we used texturized fabric, uh, on top and then he has an armored, uh, muscle suit underneath and then he has an actual like armored suit a little bit plates on the top so it's like how can you take a little bit of the arkham games a little bit of you know ben affleck's suit you know uh, a little bit of keaton in there and, and try to you know like I said, I'm, I'm a big i'm a huge fan of, of batman so it's like you know all the elements my biggest thing that i've always wanted and i thought they got this right with ben but we've had kevin porter our batman for 12 years now but i'm a big fan of a big batman and that's one of the things i'm not super yeah. pumped about about robert Pattinson is, is he's my uh, height and size. Um, you know, he's six foot, uh, 180 pounds. And growing up playing sports football and growing up watching Arnold movies, to me, you know, it's just there's a certain thing. And as a guy, you know, who's, you know, more into that stuff, it's like our, our Batman, Kevin Porter, you know, he's 6'5, 240. And then he wears this armored suit. And if you see photos next, uh, Kevin's enormous like i always say he's a life-size batman and it's like you look at him you're like that would scare the shit out of me if that jumped out at night like it's huge and he's just he's like he looks like this big you know so i like a big batman kind of the way he was in dark knight and the way jim lee draws him and stuff so it was really important that he have that stature and have that uh fierceness in the cow you know like that more gritty look so and, and i love got that a great cow has the implied scowl you know the- yeah and Kevin, Kevin's got a great voice. He doesn't need a voice modulator. He doesn't sound like he's forcing it. You know, like even it like the like this. Right, yeah, or he doesn't have Christian Bale's, you know, <laughs> voice, which is so silly. And then even like, you know, um, even Pattinson today, which I thought his voice was good, but it just, there's a certain gutturalness. And I, I don't know how big you guys are, but um, like when you're a big dude, you have a big rib, a big rib cage. And it's just like, even when like I do a Batman voice, I always say, "Oh, that's what that's what Dick Grayson would sound like if he did a Batman voice." You'd know, be like, "I'm vengeance, I'm Batman," and you'd be like, "That sounds like Nightwing. That doesn't sound like Batman." You know, so right, yeah. So I do the Joker though, which is a little, you know, yeah. different, but that fits my frame. You know, yeah, hello there, people, and how are we today? You know, it's a little different, but um, yeah. it's just a presence, like an alpha maleness. That one, just you know, he, he has a commanding voice, which I think is really important. I can't yeah, remember if it was you, you guys, guys that. I'm uh, oh, sorry. I was saying that. 
I can't remember if it was you guys that were posting it or if it was him that posted it, but it was he was doing like his um, ADR for mm-hmm. I think it was Batman Vader, and um, he showed how it's like he uses nothing; it's just he's using his own voice. And I remember thinking like, oh, he he has some form of voice changing software or something, and then seeing him do it once where he's like speaking normally and then immediately switches is like insane. I was like, holy crap, that's his voice, just that's yeah. Him. He did a, a, a video recently because he was in the, actually was in the hospital, and uh, he was. Uh, and Kevin actually, his normal talking voice is a little higher than you would yeah. think it would be. He's really nice in his candor because he's you know not Batman, so he's normal. But then he'll sink into it, and I'm just like, damn! I was like, yeah. you, you switch so much. It looks like a voiceover because I was like, how do you like you drop right. your voice like six octaves? I was like, how do you do that? Um, but his voice is like to me, and this is you know. Everyone would probably hate me for saying this, but I actually like his voice better than Kevin Conroy's only because Kevin's he's a bigger dude. And to me, I can hear it in his voice that he's bigger. He, he's putting on less of a voice. Also, Kevin Conroy is doing it for an animation, which is a different world than doing it for live action. You have to be a little bigger, a little cartoonier. So I've never heard Kevin Conroy do his voice in a live action sense. And I would like to hear that. But just when you're a big dude, you just have generally a deeper voice where it just it just resonates. So um but they're very similar, though. They often they always say that Kevin sounds like he's doing Kevin or whatever. But um, no disrespect to Kevin Conroy, who is arguably the definitive Batman voice, as is Mark Hamill is uh, the definitive Joker voice. So and you guys always had a, a great combination of the how perfectly suited Kevin is for Batman. And yeah, we, we understand what you're saying about how different his voice is when he's not doing Batman. He's been on the show here a couple of times uh, over the years. Uh, but the way that he is so perfectly suited for Batman and how you guys use Batman in your productions and having mm-hmm. that combination of what Reeve does with those suits. Uh, I, I've seen so many things like when we see uh, the the Titans show or the, the Gotham. That's the best example. That Gotham on Fox show when they showed a bat suit. Like, how did this happen <laughs> on Fox? Right. Yeah. When Reeve exists, yeah. what, wh- why did you let someone make their first ever bat suit for television when Reeve exists? It's it. Yeah, it, I can't understand it. I, it's. It, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of times they they just they don't care or they don't know. Um, yeah. They get people in there that don't understand comic books. I, I I've been to the set of a lot of superhero movies, and I'm often blown away and insulted by how little they know or how much they like to acclimate and then they show high production value and then the fans swoon but i'm like but you still you're still not getting what what is true to the character i think it's weird i look at it this way and i think it's strange that they feel the need to change a lot of things because when you adapt a movie like a live action character if you're bringing abraham lincoln or like martin luther king you're not gonna be like let's let's put a spin on it and change it and i was like don't do that like this is the character like when Dayon day lewis played you know lincoln i was like that's lincoln that's the way it should be why can't we just you know and just from a business standpoint i'm always like it's worked for 80 years you're given this blueprint do it like i don't know what's so hard and they're like we have to always reinvent it now think the fans and give them what we think that they think that they want and i was like that just seems like we're overthinking it, but you know, it's I, it's, the, it's the same kind of logic that has led to us never having Harley Quinn in Harley Quinn's suit in right. the movies, right? Mm-hmm. 
But that's the thing about the like the Bat and the Sun productions. When you know you look at those, it's like there's no there's no question. That's Batman. That's Batman suit. It's gray. It's black. It's you know it's Darth Vader or Wolverine or whatever. And you know these these big studios. It's like you you immediately have to start making excuses or you know you find yourself doing that. Yeah, that is interesting that you bring up that point though, Aaron. Like I never really thought about that because. You take like Darth Vader, like no mm. one's ever done anything that isn't the Darth Vader, you know, and mm-hmm. but but they'll do it with other characters who have way more of a specific lore for longer. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know. Like You're right. Like, I never thought of that. It's like, imagine if they tried. Imagine if you guys, when you did Batman versus Vader, did something like. Let's do Vader, but with a different color suit and like a different type of helmet and no cape. Like, what? Like, I never. And he can talk like this, mate. (laughs) Yeah, like like Vader. Vader seems to be safe. Like Star Wars seems to be safe, and you know, it just seems like uh, Batman. um, You're right. Like, is it maybe because the creators are selfish and they want to uh, give you what their version is and. kind of put the the fans aside it seems like that but it's interesting though because you guys are at a point now with like the the um the the crowdfunding and then also kind of what we're seeing with the fandom thing like gramps was saying earlier the fans seem the audience now seems to have a bigger voice than they ever have and so maybe maybe now we'll start to see now that we are speaking with our wallets very clearly to like studios and stuff and um, <laughs> bullying studios into giving Zack Snyder a camera again, um, maybe like they'll listen to some of the comic book fans who have been trying to be as loud and uh, do something along the lines of that. And, you know, t- like that's my thing, too, is like you go on Bat in the Sun, you go on your YouTube channel, you look at your YouTube views and the, the number count that you guys get off your videos. How, yeah. are the studio- how does the studio not look at that? And clearly fans love this stuff and they're continuously going back and watching it over and over. They're resharing it constantly. Batman Vader comes out like it goes viral like once a year at least. You know, it just continuously goes viral. And like how does how does a studio not look at that and be like, all right, well, maybe this is the formula that we're missing that we're not doing. Because it's like you guys are doing it and it's working, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I I wish I knew. Um I wish I knew all these answers, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, we'll see. It works for you guys. I mean, it works, it works for you. Like it's, and your, your numbers don't lie. Yeah. If you guys were to get enough traction, um, get those petitions out there, you know, get them shared around and get them signed. Then uh, we could definitely do that. I can actually, let me see real quicker. If I, if I do some screen shares, can you guys see this real quicker? I'm going to send you some things here. Uh, let's see if this works. Does this work? Uh, let's see. So that one. Oh, here we go. Check this out. This is a still. He only has a cameo in this. It doesn't have a long one. But we're going to cameo a couple of different people in Dying is Easy. And uh, he only has two shots in the movie. This is just for your guys' eyes only. Um, let me know if this goes through. Yeah, it's coming through. Oh, oh damn. Oh. Oh, oh shit! Oh, well, let's not say uh-huh. anything, but we're. That's very cool. Wow. So hopefully you guys uh, like that, and then let's see real quicker. I could probably, <laughs> I can probably throw a few more on here real quicker. 
Um, that's so, that's, that's, that's see, this, this is exactly <laughs> why people love Bat in the Sun. You guys, you know, pay tribute to, you know, the comics, and it, it's exactly what we've wanted to see, always wanted to see. It, it shows me that you really can make a live-action version of these characters and yeah. do it well. Yeah. We need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> yeah. They do that. Yeah. They're always like, how do we give them what they what they think they want? And I'm like, I think they just want it to be done correctly. There's a way to do it. So it doesn't look like, a, you know, like, yeah. like it, you know, you don't want it to look cosplay or anything like that. You want it to look yeah. like professional. And then what we do is all of us oh, are more professional. See, Aaron, you thought this was going to be an interview. No, we're just here to keep loads and loads of compliments to you know, because we are so thankful for what you're doing. And we've wanted you to be on this show for so long, and now we have our chance. And just want to express our gratitude, and I'm proud to be a sponsor for Dying is Easy. And I'm oh, really cool. looking forward to it. Yeah. Gramps, how do, how do you go about doing that, by the way, so the fans know? Well, it's on Indiegogo. It is, yeah. It's on Indiegogo. Dying is easy. Um, a lot of people have contributed, and then I, I matched. You know, so we raised mm, forty-one thousand, and uh, and I matched it. So the budget's around eighty-two. Um, and we just announced today that we have Michael Madsen on the oh, on the project. Uh, you know, Mr. Blonde from uh, mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs. He's in Kill Bill. He's playing yeah. Harvey Bullock. So insane. perfect, insane. Yeah, oh, yeah, he has a. He has he has big scenes. He's he's one of the biggest actors in it uh, in terms of lines. All these other ones I'm showing you are just little cameos. Here is um, we redid my look a little bit for uh, for the Joker here. Um, I I actually dyed my hair and eyebrows. If you can see me right now, my hair is actually um, oh, oh shit oh yeah, shit great. You Damn. did a post the other day about your weight loss. Like yeah, talk talk about that transformation and process. Um, yeah, I did. So I normally weigh about 175 pounds at six foot and, uh, I, I got down to 148 Ooh. or one. Yeah. So to be, to be the Joker. Um, but, uh, um, I gotta, I gotta throw this way back on cause we're doing this white dragon project where I play the villain. Uh, so I gotta get back up to like 180 something. Um, but yeah, I got real thin for it, but you know, you want to give the best that you can and uh, just dedicate it. You know, Kevin lost a bunch of weight and um, it's been really cool. You know, we, we've done a lot of cool stuff. We had a, once again, a cameo, but I don't know if you guys are familiar with who Doug Jones is. Yeah. Um, Doug Jones is going to cameo as, as Edward Nigma. So Doug, Doug Jones is very cool. That's very cool that you got him. If, if you guys don't know who Doug is, uh, he's basically the guy that Guillermo del Toro puts in everything. Yeah. He was yeah. a deep sapien in Hellboy. He was uh the he Ooh. was in uh, the shape yeah. of water. So to yes. lose all this weight, you're saying that you and Kevin couldn't go to Ernie's Mexican restaurant? Uh well the weird thing is is that <laughs> people ask me how I lost weight and I have a, just a crazy fast metabolism. And I this sounds silly. I just stopped going to the gym and just started drinking and eating Starbucks every day, and I just lost a bunch of weight, which is the opposite of what anyone should ever do to lose weight. But <laughs> I, I'm just—I have a freakish, you know, um, metabolism. Now I got to gain all the way back on is what's really, really hard. And it's like, you know, I, I just ordered all my protein drinks and all these things. So um, 
But here I downloaded it. Let me see if I this photo work here. This photo. I keep sending you guys photos. But um, these are not for public viewing. They're just for your, your guys. Some of these aren't even color corrected. Oh. But. Should oh, we, uh, just uh, as a note here, should we also cut out any where we've mentioned who you no, have shown you, here? You can mention all that. That's yeah. fine. Okay. That's still, like, fine. But I wanted to show you guys some of the cool coolness yeah, from that the looks really project. Good. So, so yeah. I wanted to ask you, uh, I, I wanted to get into your own origin story. Now, like, I know that uh, you founded Bat in the Sun, I believe, with your father. So yeah. obviously, yeah. on some level, your father was one of your influences for this. But what got you into not only like the comic world, but the filmmaking world and, you know, down the road that uh, that you got to, to where you are? Um. Basically, I mean, my dad is a huge influence. He's a, um, he's a big influence and my best friend. Um, but uh, he he was into comics uh, when he was a kid. You know, he watched the Spider-Man cartoon in the 60s and read Neil Adams comics when he was, uh, you know, in the 70s. And, and then, the, you know, the 89 Batman movie came out. And I'm sure that probably all of us are really close to the same age. And uh, and that's what got us, you know, got me into, into superheroes. And then the X-Men cartoon came out in the early 90s and then the Batman the animation or vice versa. But that's really what kind of really jump-started it all. And then I was into filmmaking as well. Like I said, my dad's a musician and just an artist overall. So I was just kind of involved in art and like creating, telling stories. And he was always doing that. So I was like, let's do this. So um, love superheroes. I do a lot of original stuff that is not online or doesn't get as much traction because obviously superheroes are so big, but, um, um, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what, what it got into. And I started doing that when I was eight and nine. So, um, Hey, Steve. Yep. He's, I hate your room, by the way. I'm a big Patriots fan. I just thought I'd say that every time <laughs> I, look at it, I get abstract and I was like, screw Steve, but I don't it's know. Uh, you're totally it's, it's huh? funny, uh, <laughs> Right before you got on, I checked out your Instagram. Yeah. You, you had a Super Bowl hat on back. Yeah. And I zoomed in. I was like, what team is that? Because it, it looked kind of worn out. Yeah. So I was like, man, maybe it's a, a Steelers hat. But now I know. And now I'm I'm a little more disappointed. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're our only kryptonite. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're the, you know. I know. But. Yeah, well, uh, we, we could talk one day. I can show you pictures of my man cave. It's really disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I'm a big Brady fan, so I, I love, oh, I worship Brady. He's a great yeah, you, man, so. You, you could have a really weird year, huh? It, well, I, mean, I think everyone has, but I was, like, on top of it, seeing Brady in a Buccaneers uniform. It's just, like, I was, like, it's even, like, I don't know what's going Like, on top of everything else, you know. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's a 2020 move, that's all. The I was telling people this is terrible. This is a total joke, and I don't mean this, but I was like, I was listening to all these terrible things that happened. I was like, but the weirdest thing all year, the worst thing is like Tom Brady in a in a Buccaneers jersey. I was like, it's so weird. Like it, it got me the most because I'm kind of a hermit, anyways. I don't really go out, so I don't see a lot of the pandemic, you know. And I'm like, but every day I have ESPN on. I'm like, what is going on here? Like this is weird, but. I digress. I don't know how many football fans we have listening, but um, and I wish everyone health and safety and for everyone to take care of themselves. But two New York Giants fans, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah Jesus. Sure. Believe him. I got your back, Aaron. I like Brady. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't wait to play Brady on uh, on Madden. It's gonna be great. Yeah. I'm gonna that play. Should be fun. That'd yeah. be cool. cool. Yeah, we'll we'll talk on the side. That'll that'll be a funny conversation. 
I just had to give a shout out to you. I kept looking up and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right there. And every time I was like, oh, what's that giant filter? It's weird. I don't know. Back to the origins. Yeah, just, uh, you know, we started making films and, um, you know, a long time ago before YouTube and then YouTube came out and, you know, we just made cool stuff to put out there and a lot of it went viral. And, um, you know, we work in the industry as well. Uh, we, we were uh, first started a long time ago on the show Deadliest Warrior that was on Spike TV. I did the motion capture for the Spider-Man games uh, for Andrew Garfield. I was just, uh, double on the games and um, awesome. just working on a lot of different things. So, but we ended up, wow. you know, like our, our fight choreographer does all of Marvel's Netflix stuff, uh, Alvin Singh. So like we do a lot of work in the industry, but then we also are big fans and we like the stuff. And you know, we did a lot of the Mobile Strike commercials and, but we're like, let's just make some cool shit, though. You know, I used to play a card game called Overpower back, like, in the 90s. And I was like, and just like, you oh, know, yeah. like, just like sports, you know, you're always comparing who's, you know, you know, Tom Brady or, or Peyton Manning or Joe Montana. And obviously it's Brady. But, um, you know, it's funny to like, it's funny to like do that with superheroes. Now, now, like in sports world, you can definitively say who is, you know, more rings, but um, and more wins. But yep. like, you know. Yep. Now, now, that I know, now that I know that you know that I know I'm a Brady fan, I'm going to keep saying it. But, um, but with football, you know, superheroes, it's so cool to do that because there is no definitive answer. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, realistically, this character would do this, and that's how B-Town kind of got started. And it's fun to get, like, I love, and like I said, you guys are the same age as me. So it's like, you grew up where superheroes weren't as popular as they are now. Yeah. And it was always kind of like rare to see someone with like a Batman shirt on or whatever. And I was like, oh, you're a Batman fan. Let's hang out and talk. So I the reason why we started beatdown also and going to the conventions and stuff was to like get everyone together to like talk, like to bring that community together and be like, let's just have this good discussion. Sometimes it turns into like a crazy debate where people get so mad, <laughs> like, you know, like F you, like there's no way master cheese will live. I hope you can die. And I was like, okay, it's all fictional stuff here, man. Like, you're like, that's not real. And I was like, it's not real. Even when you play the game. So it's just, <laughs> it's just, just supposed to enjoy it. It's free entertainment. Watch it, enjoy it. And, we make alternate endings. I don't know what you want, but uh, it's just supposed to, you know, bring people together. And I love when people come up to me and they're like, "I love this stuff, man. I grew up watching superheroes, and it's cool to see them battle." And I was like, "That's that's what it's there for, joy." So I don't like like, I mean, I know it's a lot of hard work, you know, tons of hard work. But like, how much fun is it? I mean, you get to create these worlds, you know, that you know you grew up reading about. I mean, it's got to be tons of fun. It's a, it's tons of fun. It's, it's a lot of blasts. It's a, um, it's a blessing to be able to do it. And, uh, I'm glad that everyone else really likes it. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm in tune. I think it's weird because whenever you work with the studios, we're like, what would the fans want? And I was like, you know, what? I never asked myself, what would the fans want? And I go, cause I'm a huge fan. My room yeah. is coated with toys and action figures and everything. Like my whole room is like blanketed with it. So I was like, I know not the presenters. Like I know, cause even still everyone has a definitive Batman in their mind and how it is. And you got to like, People gotta adhere to that, and that was a big thing with Beatdown because it's like you're gonna adapt Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman's been adapted three or four different ways, you know, in uh, in the comic book. So it's like, how do you def how do you define what what Wonder Woman is, and and how does that cut out other people's opinions? But um, it's just it's a lot of fun. It is a ton of work, though. It's like I don't think people understand. Like someone just today, I posted this picture saying that Dying Disease is gonna be around twelve to fifteen minutes long. And someone's like, what? How is that possible for $41,000? Like, why isn't this done already? And I was like, 
I guess you don't understand filmmaking. I was like, they spend, you know, months working on one episode of The Flash, and that costs $4 million to produce 45 <laughs> minutes. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, our outfit alone would have cost $100,000 if everyone didn't work for free. You know, I was like, locations cost $10,000 a day. I mean, we're building, I and mean, we have giant asylum sets that we use. You know, we have crazy things, and it's just like, we, we're coming in at 82000 with everyone working for free, you know? It's just people don't understand, like, just how much things cost. You know, it's like we got to, like, uh, we had one day on set where we had 42 people on set. And I was like, the food the food budget alone is like $2,500 for that day, let alone, you know, you got to be, you got to have COVID protocols. So you got to have all the hand sanitizers with the mask. You got to have all the different distancing things. Um, you know, then you got to pay for the wardrobe, the costumes. You know, there's a lot of inmates. There's just a lot of little things that you wouldn't think to have. You know, you got to rent extra little tripod stands and sliders and lenses it's just it's a lot of work but um and at the end of the day we don't make any money and we're always you know the beatdowns cost anywhere between 20 to fifty thousand dollars to produce and i always said rather you know instead of like oh you can redo your kitchen or you can make a beatdown i was like i'd rather make a beatdown that's just more fun like <laughs> i don't really care what color my cupboards are i was like i want to have like a wolverine you know predator go at it so um I always think it's really fan when fans get really snooty or snippy or ungrateful. And I was like, I literally, I make the money that I do like on like my actual profession at working on commercials and stuff. And I spent it on here. So, uh, but like then I love it and I love my crew and I, I couldn't do without my cast and crew. And, and I consider the bat and the sun group a family. And I think everyone that's in it does the same thing. It's just fun working on set. You know, everyone works hard, you know, you do your job to quote Belichick, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work every time, Steven. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, um, it's, it's a lot of fun, though, and it's a privilege, and I'm glad that I'm in a position to be able to don't pull, don't show me any New York Giants. If that's <laughs> right. I will put on my Patriot helmet and wear it the rest of the podcast. Um, I have two of them, but uh, uh, one for Brady's helmet, one for regulation helmet. But um, uh, it's, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to do it and i think in a way it's like i have to do it because i think kevin is this great batman and we have this great opportunity and um and uh i just want to make sure it's done because i've never seen it like it's kind of like i wish they would do it on screen because i was like i feel like oh, if i don't do it i don't know if we'll ever see it so sure we're going yeah, out the, with Diane. we're going yeah, all in on it you're, you're giving all of us that too uh when we have kevin here on the show we refer to him as the people's batman because he is what everyone has always wanted to see of an on-screen batman the way the way that you guys pull all the aspects of the character together yeah but uh city of scars is now 10 years old yeah it's crazy right so what has changed what what do you guys do differently what have you learned and evolved when you you know what you're doing now you just shot dying is easy versus 10 years ago doing city of scars well i mean it's just it's everything was smaller back then and you're just younger and you're you're doing things a little more off the cuff i mean the budget for that was twenty seven thousand, and and that was 27 minutes long i guess or it was twenty one thousand and twenty, 20 uh, something like that but for this one i told you we spent like eighty two thousand, and it's only like 15 minutes but everything's a lot more professional everything's a lot you know you're shooting on 4k cameras you have huge sets you know you're renting large you know like i said we had 42 people on set one day and you're dealing with a lot of digital stuff and our new costume you know like i told you what it would have cost if we if we had to really spend all that money on the work and 
um it's just everything's a lot better and a lot more proficient so it's just i mean you start working on films and you see like oh i see why this movie costs 100 million dollars you know it's just it's a lot and, I, and even still i think we come in amazingly inexpensive for being able to produce like i said daredevil on netflix costs three million dollars three to four million dollars an episode and if you break the, for 45 minutes and i don't know what the math is on that but i think it's like a million dollars every like 12 minutes and i was like and we're doing this for eighty two thousand, so we're doing it for a tenth the cost you know and that's like having to do and we're doing a lot of elaborate things a lot of cameos like i said we have bullock ivy freeze riddler you know and then we tackle batman and joker um so it's it's in the batmobile we will be featured in it and stuff mm. in the bat game so it's pretty crazy uh but it should just be it should hopefully look more professional and um it's a lot i don't know if you guys ever saw patient j which we did in 2003 mm -hmm. forever ago which was all dialogue it's like the Dying is Easy is almost like a soft reboot of City of Scars and Dying is and City of Scars and Patient J combined. But I'm really excited for you guys to see it, and after we release it, we should um, all hop back on here and, and do another. Uh, oh, another that'd be great. Podcast. And you can let me know if you liked or hated about it. <laughs> I I actually have a quick question. Um, you said Tom you're the greatest. See, Tom <laughs> the greatest. You you said you're on set for about five days. Yeah. How long is the editing process uh, typically? Obviously, you keep you know you keep editing until it feels right. But yeah, I think that's an aspect that a lot of fans don't understand that the editing is such a ground and pound, and you keep doing it until organically it feels right that you can release it to everyone. But that's right. such a time-consuming and emotional process. But on an average, do you guys spend like another? certain amount of days or you kind of just do it until it's right or yeah yeah i do i um i i was distracted by how much i hate um the grumpler but uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> man so that's, that's 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 the only team that can do that otherwise the patriots dominate everyone but um, <laughs> you guys got two lucky plays too but um times in a row but it's all right. It's all right. I respect. I'm. Mean, I, I like football. I always like the fake trash talk. It's never anything personal. Yeah, um, it makes it fun, for sure. Brian, Brian, yeah. I get to your question or answer. There. Brian Regan, if you're listening, is a comedian. He he had the best thing about this. He said that he had a. He flew down and did a. He's a comedian and he had to do a thing in Miami and he was cold. He thought it'd be hot down there and he bought a. He bought a Miami Dolphins sweater and then he had to fly to Buffalo. And then people were like assholes. And he was like, are you really going to beat me up because I'm wearing a dolphin on my shirt? He's like, let's be like, let's be real here, guys. You know, and I was like, it's just fun. Don't take it too seriously. Um, although I went to New York two years ago and I wore, I was decked out in Patriot stuff and everyone was not, not the friendliest looks, but um, <laughs> except from California. But, um, but anyways, answer your question. The editing does take a long time. Uh, it, you know, uh, we have a lot of post-production, so we immediately, effects are already being done like that freeze shot that i showed you already had like you know visual effects done to it um the, the editing for 12 minutes the we're looking to have it out on halloween so that's about two months from now but like that's we're a little worried that we won't get it out by halloween just because there's a lot of visual effects and you will watch it and you're like there wasn't like a lot of crazy explosions or action i was like there's just a lot of visual effects that have to get taken care of to you know to just you know go on there the editing is Probably one of the quickest parts of post-production, visual effects and sound is a big one too, though. So all three are constantly being worked on. And then it's like, you got to find, you know, because we do so many takes, you got to find out what works. You know, I did a lot of different takes as, uh, as Joker with different emotions, 
And it's like, does this one read better? Does that one read better? Show people like it, not like it, you know, stuff like that. But editing is my favorite part, though. When I shoot, I shoot to edit. Like, I have a photographic memory, so I know, like, okay, we need this, we need this, we need this. So, like, a lot of times, directors don't edit their own stuff, and that always, I don't even understand how that works, because, like, I'm already pre-visualizing how it's going to work. Um, but uh, it's editing is, like, my favorite, because it's also the most controlled part of filmmaking, the post-production. Like, on set, it's bonkers. Like, when we had 42 people on set on the day when we shot at Arkham Asylum, that was an 18-hour day on set. That was like we were on set for 18 hours just because you're going like it's nuts. And I don't know if you guys have ever worked an 18 hour day where you're going 100 percent for 18 hours. It is like crazy delirious. And then you have one day off and then you're like back on set for another 15 hours because your average filmmaking day on set is 12 hours. That's like the short day. If you get out of there at 12 hours, you're like, oh, we had a short day today, which is like, you know, if you work like a regular job, you know, like eight hours is like too long. But, um, you know, but so post-production is my favorite part. But it's a long, long part. I mean, I'll, I'll end up watching the movie 10,000 times just because I have to see it so much. Awesome. Yeah, I, I can imagine, you know, like you have everyone suited up. People have makeup on. You want to maximize that time. So, yes, 12 to 15 to 18 hours. That's you want to maximize that. You don't want to lose and you want things to be consistent as well. So I can see why it's a whole day, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. And, you, you know, you got to work fast. You got to be competent. And everyone's going to be doing their job. And, you know, like the like Batman's suit's really hot. So you got to make sure that you're, you know, keeping Kevin cool. And, you know, because they're able to keep it cold on set. And then he has to do a fight scene or whatever. And it's just, you know, or like how's the makeup handling up? Because we have Ivy in full body makeup. You know, we have Freeze in full body makeup. And but then it's like, you know, take it took Ivy like eight hours to get in the costume with all the makeup, if not, I think, longer. She was up at three in the morning and, and did not go on set until like two in the evening. Wow. And but she's only in like three or four shots, though. You just you barely see her. But it's like to do it right, though, you know, and we and then we had like a whole we had a whole two days of test makeup. Like this is how crazy Ivy was. We spent like one day doing test makeup, her and, and, and me as Joker. And then we did a follow up day because we, we did it again. And then and then we. Then on the actual day, we spent, like, like I said, eight hours or ten hours, however long it was, to have her in shot. And when you watch it, you're like, Ivy was literally in that movie for, like, 15 seconds. You know, so it's like, it's so much work. And you got to pay for every one of those days. you got to pay for the makeup that's used. You know, you got to, like, design there and say, how do you want to make Ivy look? Does Ivy look like, you know, where she's supposed to look really sexy and she looks like a pennant model? Or should she look more uh green or you can see like the veins underneath her underneath her skin like vines and that she look a little more scary you know like there's a lot that goes mm -hmm. into it you know so like the wig alone was like a, i think like a thousand dollars just that we had a wig because it's like real human hair that we do in there and you know people just don't understand like this is like because we're using real hollywood resources so it's like how how, like, how would hollywood do it and then we're just going to do that because i don't want people to be like oh you know in the movies it's so i was like no this is this is it. This is basically everyone that works in the movies, you know, putting our own time in. Because realistically, if everyone got paid their own rate, this movie would cost probably like $400,000. You know, because everyone's like, like Kevin's day rate, you know, as an actor is like, I think, 1200 bucks, But he works for free. You know, so it's like, like Doug Jones's day rate, I'm sure is $5,000 a day. You know, whatever, 10000 20, 30, 40000 I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, but it's like if everyone's getting their day rate, you know, we had Harley Quinn as Amy, uh, Amy Johnson, who's Scarlett Johansson's stunt double. You know, it's just like, you know, how many, but they come down because they love it. You know, they love it like we do and they want to be a part of it. So um, it's just, there's a lot of 
really hardworking, talented people who love. And that's kind of the cool thing too, is that when you when you you show up not for a paycheck but for the love of it, you're into it more and you're willing to put in more time, you know, because you're never thinking like, well, how much am I getting paid? It's just like, I love this. It's so cool. Like, what's cool, like when Kevin walks on set as Batman at the beginning of the day, everyone is just like, oh, it's so cool, you know, like it's just because <laughs> you know that's cool. People love that, you know. So, um, you put I a had lot lunch with Kevin uh, a couple years ago at Ernie's, and. Oh, I always wanted to be an extra in in your. Are you in L.A.? No, I'm in Texas. Oh, you got Dallas. You have the cow. We Cowboys or Texans fan? Either either way, I'm sorry. Neither, either <laughs> either. I'm I'm actually I'm actually uh, a Niners fan, but I do like the Patriots when they had Brady. I'm yeah. more of a Brady Brady fan, not not so much the Patriots, but Brady because I you know he's a textbook prototypical quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure, yeah. No, he's good. He's the greatest. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of work. You know, you put a lot of work in. So I don't know. But uh, I hope we deliver for you guys because that's all I do. I I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to for you to do. Uh, you know, beat down with Batman versus the Crow. <laughs> yeah, people say <laughs> I should play the. Now I'm just putting in my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> what what would your wish list be? What what have you not gotten to yet that that you still have on your list? Um, you know, truth be told, I'm doing a lot of work outside of beatdown, and, and beatdowns are coming out less and less just because we're working on so many other projects. Um, beatdowns that are left that I want to do. I really want to do a Ninja Turtle, um, because uh, you know, group of Ninja Turtles. I thought Ninja Turtle like uh, Raphael versus Robin would have been cool. Um, you know, Damian Wayne. A big one I want to do was like the mask for Beetlejuice. I thought that would be a really fun one. Um, you know, <laughs> anything Batman related is always cool to me. Uh, I thought like a four way battle of all the Robins would be cool, like Battle for the Gal. Mm-hmm. But Nightwing would, of course, win that because he's always won that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm truth be told, I played Nightwing, but I, I'm really uh, I'm getting too old to be Nightwing. Um, but, uh, I mean, actually, I'm way too old to play Nightwing. But I auditioned uh, to be Nightwing on the Titan show and uh, had a real shot at it because of how weird that audition was, audition process. But um, it was, like, me and, like, ten other people that I came down to, or, like, eight other people. So wow. the studio was great. What it was, they, want, they wanted the, the kid that does it now. They wanted him from the beginning. And that's kind of how a lot of those things work because he was in Pirates and he's been a lot of big things and he has, like, the experience of like you know uh, being the lead of a show, which I, I do not, but um, and then they put out the offer to him, and then he kind of like, from my understanding, he kind of was unsure of it, and then Warner Brothers like released everyone else that had auditioned, and then he was like, well, I'll do Nightwing, but I don't want to shave, and they're like, well, you have to shave, and you have to put on weight, and he was like, I don't really want to. This is a story I was told. I did not hear this from him, so if he's like, that's not what happened there, and I'd be like, this is what I was. Told. <laughs> Um, so, you know, so then what happens is Warner Brothers was scrambling because they already had gone into production of the series and they're like, we don't have a confirmed Dick Grayson. We need to like, you know, we need to Dick Grayson. So they basically just reached out to just a few big people to submit. And I was one of those people. So I was always curious if he eventually was like, nah, man, I like the stash. I'm keeping it. I'd be like, was that, was I, would, would I have gotten that role? You know? So, um, but I talked with Jeff Johns and, uh, and I know that Marv Wolfman, who created Nightwing, he's, uh, um, like me as Nightwing, so I was like, oh, it was cool, but it just didn't work. Granted, I think I'm, I think I'm like four years older 
than the kid that's playing him right now. And when I read the script originally, I was like, this is so weird because he's supposed to be young because he's not Nightwing, but he's already made like lead detective as a cop. And I was like, you can't do that when you're like 26 though. And I was like, and they're like, you're like a veteran, but not Nightwing. And I was like, I, I, I don't know what, I mean, sure. I was like, I guess this could work. I don't know. But, um, I hear the show is cool though. I've never really, wa- I don't have really time to watch. I just watch, I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch football, Family Guy, and Fresh Prince. That's about all I can They don't have superpowers, but could we eventually get Will versus Jazz on, on Superpower Beatdown? Uh, well, Will, well, Will would win. You should get Jazz versus Carlton, but then they competed on that on the show. <clears throat> it was like they had like the talk show. I'm a big Fresh Prince. That's like my favorite show of all time. But um. Will Will would destroy Jazz. Will Jazz would be like his like Robin though. He would like pull him out. You know what I'm saying? But, but maybe maybe we could have like a, a situation where like Jazz is winning, then Uncle Phil shows up and throws him out the door. I'd be down with that. <laughs> Uncle Phil is the greatest on-screen moral character of all time. I love yeah. Uncle Phil. Bust that Lucille. Uncle Phil is the coolest. I, I was gonna say I think that's a, a pretty perfect way to wrap it up on, on Uncle Phil there. But uh, oh, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, we know you're busy with a lot of stuff, but everyone, get out there, support, bat in the sun, get on the Indiegogo. The, I think you've still got a Patreon up, and yep. watch for uh, Dying is Easy coming yeah, up, hopefully cool on Halloween. Thank you, thank you. I hope you guys enjoy it. That's that's what we do. We do. So let me know. Be honest. If you're like Aaron, you suck as Joker. I'd be like, <laughs> Aaron, turn up. That that uh, opinion should be colored by football fandom. Yeah. <laughs> you have a season and uh, yes, thank you guys please. appreciate all of you thank you so much you're welcome thank take care have a good night thank you. stay safe hey Gotham dwellers make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio we can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud don't miss out guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs Tonight, I'm going to do it.